0: Hi, hi. it's been a while, um, but we wanted to send this podcast for today's DT because it was pretty challenging, we thought. So to start off, we wanted to give some context for this chapter. The book of 2 Thessalonians was written by Paul to the church at Thessalonica because some of the problems that Apostle Paul had already addressed in the first letter to them actually sort of... Well, it continued, and then arguably it got worse. So the Thessalonians are still being persecuted and afflicted because of their faith. And secondly, they're confused now, too, in addition to that. And they think the end time already happened, that Jesus already came. And so in this chapter 2, today's DT, Apostle Paul is addressing this false belief that the second coming of Jesus already happened, and he reminds them that he himself taught them otherwise. And furthermore, there's some pretty cryptic stuff about this man of lawlessness. So based on the ESV commentary, um, it seems like this is a likely reference to the Antichrist. Um, the Bible Project mentions that this man of lawlessness sounds like the kings in the Old Testament who rebelled against God. Um, either way, there's some kind of powerful figure who will be allowed to wreak havoc for a time until Jesus comes and then dethrones him easily. And I think ultimately the point here is just that in the, this is all going to happen in the future. It hasn't happened yet. Um, and it's going to become evident as Jesus comes back and overthrows this antichrist figure, um, and that will be sometime in the future.
1: So uh, I noticed that deception is a big theme in this passage. So uh, verse 9, the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. And I thought it was interesting that you know, it's people who refuse to love the truth who become deceived. And this felt a little backwards to me because I thought, well, doesn't deception happen first? Like someone lies to us about the truth and then so we end up not loving the truth because we're deceived about it. But here the order is, is the other way around. So it describes these people who refuse to love the truth and were then deceived about the truth. So it's not that the truth is, like, hard to grasp or confusing. Instead, there's an element of the will here. Uh, They refuse to love the truth because, well, something about it must have been unpalatable to them. Uh, I thought one example of this is that we become self-deceived about ourselves because the truth about ourselves is pretty obvious, you know, um, that we're selfish, stingy, we're hard to be around. But that's unpalatable, so because we don't love the truth about ourselves, we become deceived about ourselves. So in the same way, why wouldn't someone love the truth about the Gospel, which tells me that I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God and reconciled to my Heavenly Father? I think I was thinking one reason is the implications. It means that my life now belongs to God, I'm not my own. Um, there are things I need to surrender to God, and that can cause a person to refuse to love the truth. So one question I ask myself is, do I love the truth? it's not merely knowing the content of the truth but this word love implies affection you know the affections of the heart Uh, is there any emotional response to the truth of the gospel in other words and if not what could be the reason you know maybe it's because we feel threatened by the implications of the gospel in our lives related to that i was thinking about verse 9 and how the activity of satan is described as having all power and false signs and wonders and I was thinking about how Satan's activity in our world is to make the world and all it has to offer seem very powerful and wonderful. If you can make the world seem like a very awesome place, it makes the implications of the gospel, which you know is for us to renounce the world, more painful for people because they need to give it up. And so for us, as I was thinking about how as a church, we need to provide a compelling alternative to the power and materialism of the world that seems so attractive to people. And um, through our community, give people a picture of what it looks like to live out the truth of the gospel as manifested through our love for one another. And uh, through our community, we can help people to love the truth and make rejecting the world a little easier.
0: So after this discussion about people who have refused to love the truth, Apostle Paul then describes God's response. And initially, it was kind of troubling for me to read it. Um, So in verse 11 to 12, it says, Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And when you first read this, it kind of sounds like God is this kind of vindictive figure who purposefully cements people's rebellion against him and condemns them after. And I think this description of God sending them a strong delusion can be troubling because it doesn't match up with our understanding of God according to other passages. For example, in 2 Peter 3, 9, It says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. I think the key here is the description of who God is sending this delusion to, though. Um, it is toward people who had a chance to hear the truth of the gospel and refused to love it, refused to embrace the truth and be saved. They rejected the gospel of their own volition and choice. And a holy and righteous God has every right to judge someone who is in rebellion against him. I think this goes back to R.C. Sproul from chapter 1, of course, to a 1. Um, it's not so amazing that God chooses to condemn sinners, but it's actually pretty amazing that a holy God should even tolerate any sinfulness against uh, sinful rebellion against him so thank god that he doesn't show us quote unquote justice because if he did we certainly would all be condemned um, but instead we can be grateful that he has shown us grace and that we did respond to the truth and now we have a new opportunity to share that truth with more people on the stevens campus too
1: all right that's it
0: all right have a good day bye,
1: bye.